Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However you're listening, welcome to another episode of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. It's episode seven. I'm here with my fellow Temperamental Gooners, Omari and Kibbs. How are you doing, boys? Yo, yo, doing good. Yeah, good weekend, good weekends. Glad to be back. It's, uh, it's been a good week in general for the Arsenal this week. A win and a, a credible draw against Man U. Um, yeah, just in general, boys, were you satisfied with that? Uh, four points from those two games? I think, I think coming into the week, four points from those two games, you're happy with. Um, especially when you see the lineup yesterday um, for the United game. But I don't know whether we might rue the fact that we didn't, we didn't capitalise on the game yesterday, but I think we put in a good performance. Yep, Kibbs? Yeah, just with our expectations, we're in a bit of a nowhere land at the moment in terms of our league position. So I don't, grasping back, I don't have that much expectations. So based on that, I'm quite happy with the four points, but it could have been six. (laughs) It could have been six. I mean, you know, usually ordinarily, right, uh, given our past history with Man U, although we've been quite good with them at home, actually, for the last two seasons I think I think we're I think we won our last two games at home with them just generally in the terms of where the clubs are you would take a draw against Man U to start off with it's just a shame that we couldn't go on and win that but um but there we are there we are we're, we're four points isn't too bad considering so uh, before we do that let's look at uh, the first game of this week which is Southampton away uh just ru- quick run through through the lineup uh and what I felt were some surprises there comes up. So I think we had Leno in goal. I think the main surprise there was uh, Cedric coming in as left back, which we talked about. Uh, obviously, he had the game in um, the, the FA Cup game just before then. Tierney wasn't fit, so he came in at left back. Uh, it was uh, Louise and Holding, middle. Bellerin on the right. Xhaka and Partey in centre midfield. Uh, Nicolas Pepe got a start. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Bukayo Saka, and Lacazette. Three-one uh, win, boys. Uh, given that we don't have a great record at St Mary's in general, so three-one win. Happy with that? Yeah, very much so. Happy with that. Um, I think it was a lot more dynamic performance than against than the than the cup game, and I think there's a bit of vindication there for Arteta. I mean, he was very strong on the point that he he had to rotate the team in the cup because of the fact that we'd had some injuries. And but either way, I think the the, the performance against Southampton on Wednesday night, um, and the fact that or was it Tuesday night, and the fact that Southampton themselves, their fullbacks that they started, they had they 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 weren't fit for the for the league game. I think it worked out the way Arteta wanted it to. So, yeah, very good result. Very good performance as well. I think for me, just before I go to Kib, uh, to Kibbs, this was one of the games that I've been most confident in that we were going to win because I felt Southampton put so much into that FA Cup game that when it came to this game on the weekend and we saw that, that their, both of their their fullbacks were injured, we still had Partey to come. We still had Smith Road to come. We still had Bakaya Saka to start off with. Um, I felt that we could just take them if we just controlled the midfield. It was a bit dodgy to start off with, Kibbs, so wasn't it? Going 1-0 down, 
to Armstrong uh, when Lacazette missed that chance and then Southampton went up the, the field and scored? Yeah, uh, Lacazette. That, that, it felt like that chance just came too early for them. But to be fair, it was a, re- it was a good save. It was a good save. It was going underneath um, I think McCarthy's legs and it kind of caught him on the other side. Uh, but yeah, I was really happy with the win. As you both said, I was expecting the win um, considering the FA Cup tie. You went for a 1-0, didn't you, Kibbs? Yeah, I did go for a 1-0. It was an uh, open game. It's actually, yeah, it was, it was more open than I thought it would be. I thought, I know Southampton don't play that way, but I thought they might try and contain us a bit better after they took the lead. <laughs> but, you know, as we kind of pointed out, having spoken to both of you during the, the last game, Southampton are very tired in the FA Cup tie, like, with 20 minutes left and that kind of continued into this game not to say that they weren't threatening yeah. they were they had their chances as well but yeah good good result um i was i think there were a couple of like good performances a lot was made of of um pep himself a goal just looked a lot more dynamic and uh, i think he just looked a lot more comfortable closer to the goal less less decision making involved in the things that he was doing just he was just doing stuff and you can see that with the finish as well a little bit of good movement in behind great ball Vajaka and then sticks it away yeah that goes back to what Kibbs was saying last week that he just wants Pepe to play closer to the goal um so that he doesn't have to think too much as soon as he gets a strike as soon as he's got an opportunity to strike just strike it um so that made it 1-1 uh Bakaya Saka's goal Kibbs good interplay uh, Lacazette gets a, a very good pass away and, uh, and Bakaya Saka has just got very quick feet. And what's so impressive is how quickly he takes the chance uh, from that distance to make it 2-1 for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lacazette. Lacazette. Uh, I've just got to give him his flowers coming back to, <laughs> coming back to that again. Um, it actually appears that, you know, Lacar and uh, Saka, they have quite a good relationship. Um, I think... When Lacazette got the ball and he faced forward, I was very impressed that he managed just to slip the ball through. I still think Saka had a lot to do, but I think McCarthy made it a bit easier by coming, like rushing up. And against a player like Saka, he seems to make the right decision. He's quite composed. He just slipped that, slipped the ball past him, took it past him, and then just slipped it in. He's a. no, sorry, I was just going to say, you know, it's funny. It's, it's like Bukayo uh, uh, Saka's chance against Leeds, where he just doddled on it just a bit too long uh, with that chance we had at Leeds. Mm. Uh, and this is just, you know, uh, the complete opposite that he takes his chance early. So, yeah, it's just good from can, him. Can I, can I say something as well? I think we forget that Xhaka was actually involved as well. He picked up the loose ball. I think he, yeah. he, he passed the ball to Lacazette. So, yeah, he's been really good. <laughs> Is it weird to say there's a level of maturity to Xhaka's performances that we haven't actually seen? Like, he's such <laughs> a grown man, but I genuinely feel like he just seems, like, really level-headed at the moment. Because you know why? Because he doesn't have to be Superman. Xhaka, at his worst, he tries to do too much. Now he yeah. has a good understanding. Not just with party, he's got a few other players yeah. in a round of midfield. Maybe that's Arteta-related as well, but we, we won't know... Um, we can, only, we can only see over time. But yeah, like I just want to 
give some more props to Saka because, like, yeah, I just think his decision making is just always so on point. And I lo- I loved hearing him talk after the game about how you know he told told telling people where he wants it so he can you know he's like when I get the ball here I told Laka I, I want you in there because it's coming in yeah. and then you know it's just nice to hear 19 year old like so sure of what his abilities are and what he what he can do and what he offers um, it's great to see we go into the set so we got a good goal it was a good time to get the goal it was just coming up towards half time if i remember correctly or so actually no no it was quite a bit away from half time but we steady we steadied the ship we went in 2-1 up second half another controlled performance southampton had their chances but then uh you know eventually we get the third goal a great cross from cedric coming back onto his right which is something i think kibbs was mentioning about last week about him playing on the left side Came back in on his right, crossfield ball to, to Bakaya Saka, who controls it and puts it in a great uh, area for Lacazette to attack. Lacazette, he <laughs> bundles it into goal, but a good bundle into goal, 3-1. Uh, and may I mention that uh, before any of you guys get on my case, yes, I did notice that Willian gave the pass to Cedric. Mm. So, yeah, just in case, <laughs> just in case. Uh, that's his first touch, case. wasn't it? That was Willian's first touch. Or well, we yeah, one of his first touches from coming on. Wow, William, he's been listening. Yeah, yeah. I don't, just, I don't think he's been listening properly enough because he did, <laughs> he did do his business on Saturday, but I'm sure we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. <laughs> I, I think we'll let, let's round up uh, the Southampton okay, uh, second half performance in that sense. So we get with three one. How, how happy were you to see? Because I think it's the first time in two years this stat boys. I think it's the first time in two years or so that Arsenal have come come from behind to win an away game in the Premier League. I mean. What about that? Yeah, I, I'm not like amazed by it because I think we come on strong in the second half. So well, I was kind of expecting that, considering how we've been playing. I think we're capable of that. I don't. I think now when we're playing like kind of like free flowing football, even against United, when we speak about, it, it doesn't look like we're fearing teams. I think we're going to come out no matter what, and we're going to create chances. I think there's something me and Amari have been speaking about. We're more willing to, if we can go on the other side of the pitch and create chances, I think we're more willing to give up chances. So I'm more confident of us conceding. It's funny because during that bad run, it was just like whoever scores the first goal wins, basically. Mm. And, and and we were not anywhere near the goal. So <laughs> it was basically like, if we concede, we'll lose. And, mm. and yeah. But I had no worries against Southampton because it looked like we were just always going to be able to create. You know, like we mentioned about um, the West Brom game when they had that, they scored that goal in the second half that was disallowed. It's just like, at the time, it just felt like, okay, fine, but we will we'll go up the other end and we will finish this game off. And and I think the game again on Wednesday was quite open, but we we looked like we could yeah do what we needed to do. And, and and when you have a forward and Lacazette, you like scoring away. I think that's four and three for him away from home. Um, yeah, you all stand a chance. So there we go. Yeah, it was a, it was a good away performance. A quick shout out for me for Thomas Partey. I, I just feel any time, although he didn't have a great game this yes yesterday, I just feel any time you see Partey on the ball, uh, you've just got a, a measure of confidence with how he slows things down and controls the tempo and can get out of tight spots. 
it, it reminds me, I don't want to give him the props of Vieira, but it reminds me of Patrick Vieira in his pomp. Like, you know, the way he would bring the ball down out of the sky in a tight spot, have three people around him. It's not quite on that level, but that was impressive to see. So Southampton, a good away victory. We now turn our attentions to last night's game. Um, unfortunate news for us, no Bukaya Saka. Uh, uh, so Martinelli came in. Uh, Cedric still at right, Cedric still at left back, no Bamiang as well. So Pepe got his start. Uh, a nil nil. Uh, Kibbs, what were your thoughts? Uh, so the consensus I feel when we kind of heard those news, I was hearing a lot of our we're finished. Um, personally, I thought we still stood a chance in the game. Um, and uh, Toes, you mentioned that we've well, I had quite good records against United. So on top of those two wins, I think, I actually think it extends to, I think it's like six now, but I think it's five. At that time, it's five games unbeaten, at least. And I think the last time we lost to United in the Premier League was like in 2018. 18 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is quite a long time. I think yeah. uh, I, was, I was confident, I was fairly confident, but, when I, when I did hear we were missing those players, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I just thought it'd be more open because of it. Yeah. Because I, I yeah. It's a strange one. I just think, like you, Kibbs, are obviously, you're a little bit disappointed. I was most disappointed not to see Saka in the, in the team because I feel like off the back of the Southampton performance, he was looking really, he was looking really good. Um, but then, yeah, I think United, United set up, I, I'm always more confident when they do the McTominay and Fred, Pogba on the left wing kind of situation. The thing that I was scared of was Rashford and Marshall or Greenwood on the wings just flying forward. And I think that helped us uh, um, definitely. And I think I, I, I was confident in that front. But, but, that, but that's why I was worried, actually. So my main worry is actually Tierney. Mm. Because you even saw, like, he... he, he I think uh, Solskjaer, he pushed Rashford to the yeah. right-hand side. We usually see him on the left. And I think mm. they were talking Cedric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was my worry but before was, the game. Yeah, there was, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a natural thing to worry about. I think as we got into the game, though, <clears throat> I think we started off, I, thought, I think we started off well. We looked, we looked controlled. Um, United had a lot of the ball, but we kept them at arm's length. Um and and yeah, we we sprung we sprung well. Well, and I I think before last week's in last week's pod, I was saying it was a game I wanted to see what Smith Rowe could do, and I think while there was no goal or assist for him, I think he delivered in a, in a way that showed that you know on this stage he he's he's a he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pep, Pepe's chance came from Smith Rowe's break, wasn't it, in that first half? Yeah, uh, yeah. Smith Rowe breaks breaks quick. I actually didn't realize how quick he actually is. He glides, in fact. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I, I would say I think with the game it was a game of like phases. I actually think United, the way they set up and sometimes how they play, is quite similar to us. So whilst we, I think first ten minutes we we were on top of them, but I think United start to press quite well. We're starting to like pick our pockets in some places, and I, I think that that's how it was quite cagey at first, and then things start opening up because of that. 
both good pressing teams and were pressing from the front as well. Like I said, it was doing really well in that regard. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's why there was a worry for me. Even though we had our chances and we, we were playing better, I believe, we had the best chance in the first half, United can score at any time. It was always a worry when Rashford was receiving the ball. They, they, they play in moments, don't they? Spaces, yeah. It was genuinely, um, it was like, we were all good. And then the 35th minute came and they were like, we're going to try and get a goal before halftime. And it just they just cranked up a bit. And, you know, there were a few decent chances in there. I'm thinking Fernandez sticks that ball in the top corner when he cuts inside Louise more nine times out of ten. Yeah, nine times out of ten, that finds top corner. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> just a just a slight. Um, Fernandez is he doing it against the so-called top six? <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't think he has been. Uh, yeah, I don't watch United enough. I don't watch United enough to be able to say. But I think one thing <laughs> that I would say is there's a simplicity to the way that Smith Rowe plays that role in terms of he just moves the ball on, moves it on, moves it on, moves it on. And it's the next thing. I think Fernandez, he's such a difference maker because he always tries to do the most complicated option. Mm. And um, yeah, there's something to be said for that. But obviously, he, that's what's driven them forward so much. Yeah. So so nil nil uh, <clears throat> uh, in the first half. Uh, second half starts. Uh, again, I just feel from what I've seen of the game, uh, uh, going back and looking at it again, that United had more of the clear-cut chances. Cavani's chances were guilt-edged. I can't believe he missed both of those. Um, and I think someone else had another clear chance. I think for the most part, it was the Lacazette free kick and Pepe's, uh, Pepe's attempt at the end of the, at the, end of the game. Um, did we... Mean, I would yeah. say that, that while those clear-cut chances, they were that, that's for sure. But I think the control, the measure of control that we had in terms of the, the, the quality of our, our play, I think it would have been right. it would have been smash and grab. Like it didn't feel like they'd done enough to win that game. Like while Cavani's chances were very good and you'd expect him to take at least one of those. I think I would expect like there were situations and moments where, especially if we had our like first choice players on the pitch, mm. where we would have been we would have taken opportunities i think i think for example saka squares that chance in the last minute instead of shooting um where pepe where pepe shot yeah, um, the, yeah. We, we we did we actually did have our chances we really did um Smith Rowe had that half volley yep exactly when it, when it came through to him and then you come like it was, yeah it's a good save the hair but it was yeah. never it was never going in but william had a chance let's not forget about that William had a chance. Pepe had a chance when it was blocked. That was going in. Yes, that was yeah. That was a really good chance. Good that, block. That, that, that was yeah. That was in quick succession for William. <laughs> Those are his two 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 big contributions. Um, but I think maybe to pull back to the first half, and you know, speaking about United, but we, I think we 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 should actually cover two points, and that's maybe us giving away the ball in the in the middle of the park. Yeah, that's very mm -hmm. true. We're giving away the ball a lot, and I think Party. It was really good to see him get the ninety minutes, but he was um, his like security on the ball at times wasn't the best, and we could have paid for that. But equally, I'd like to actually point to the fact of us 
performing so well as a team because there's many moments in both the first and second half where Pepe or Martinelli in the first half were covering so well for our fullbacks, mm. um, especially Martinelli, you know, when he kind of nipped in and headed it out for a corner when it looked like Rashford had like a really good chance on goal. Yeah, I was surprised to see Martinelli make way. I'd be interested to know why, um, why um, Arteta made that change, um, because yeah, Martinelli was doing a lot of good work um, on that wing, and uh, it it could just be because obviously he's he's not played a lot of football at the moment um, in recent times. Do, do you know what? Um, he actually said it was a tactical decision. Um, I, from his words, just paraphrasing, he said he felt that uh, William could offer a bit more and stop the threat on the right-hand side and maybe offer a bit more going forwards. I don't know. It, well, he did, we did look more threatening in the second mm. half and, and when he did come on, but I don't think that's just a symptom of William coming on. I just think we... We we have that in us, don't we? They, they yeah, flashed up that stat about between the 45th and 60. 60 yeah, yeah. Arteta's, yeah, Arteta's able to get into their heads at half time and they come out um, with some new vigor, usually, uh, the boys these days, or certainly since uh, the second half of uh, last season or when, you know, Operation Restart or whatever. Seems that after half time, we seem to have a bit more uh, of a zip about us or whatnot. Um, so, all in all, guys, was it a fair result? Uh, we put out a, a, a poll, didn't we? Um, uh the beginning of of the game uh kibs tell us about how people felt um about that yes it was a 54 54 46 split in favor of arsenal winning the game uh that 46 percent i'm sure a few united fans have kind of infiltrated our instagram page and started <laughs> to follow us because the names I saw there when I looked onto the account, I'm pretty sure that they, yeah, they, they are United fans. So yeah, that that was funny. They're all yeah. welcome for the time being until they start becoming a nuisance. But yeah, they're all welcome for now. They're all welcome for now. So fair result, all in all, fair result, a nil nil, or should we have got more? It shouldn't have been a nil nil, but yeah, I think based on the game and the chances for both teams and and. How the car, the game kind of progressed. I think nil nil was a fair fair result. Yeah, yeah. I don't think either team did enough really to stake a claim for winning the match. Um, which was a fair, fair result. Roy Keane was saying that uh, he was disappointed with Manu not going for the juggler as such. But I think you know, uh, in Manu's current form, I think a draw is respectable. And given where we are in our in our development as a team. Not getting beaten by another top six team is always a, a bonus and one of your historic rivals, yeah, given where we are. So I think I think I think a draw is a fair result. And with that, we will go to the predictions league. So uh I think we have to update this now. I think uh I am leading with six points, and that one point came from the uh, correct uh, uh result of the Southampton game. Um, you boys predicted wins and draws uh, for Southampton and Man U. So that makes it uh, Toes leading uh, with six and Amari and Kibbs uh, both with five points. So it's just one point in it. 
Toes is still at the top of the predictions league for the time being, at least. And with that, boys, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to a quick break, and uh, and when we come back from the break, we're discussing uh, the big debate or the main debate, and that's gonna be overlooking the transfer window and looking at some sort of the partnerships in defence uh, that we've been having uh, this season. So we'll be back right after this. All right. And welcome back to part two of the Temperamental Guna podcast. I'm here still with Kibbs and Amari. Uh, so, boys, let's uh, let's review the transfer window um, just quickly. Uh, the ins and outs. Uh, overall, you happy? Uh, the people who have left the club. I think we've uh, Kalasnach went out on loan. Reza Erzul saga is finally over. He's at Fenerbahce. Good luck to him. Uh, in a way, I'm happy for him. Uh, Socrates is left on uh, left as well. He's now with Olympiakos. Um, I think those are the main outs. Uh, we may be having a few more, like there's rumors about Reese Nelson um, and some other people. So overall, guys, are you happy with the transfer window? Is there still more to come in terms of ins and outs? Over to you first, Omari. Um, I'm happy in the sense that I think there's something to be said for having the right mentality and the right mindset in the squad. I don't I don't know how, how manageable it was to have so many people around that knew they were never going to play. Um, and it was a struggle. But at the same time, I don't know how much we should celebrate the fact that, you know, we're having to pay people off to end their contracts to get them out. Um, it doesn't smack of the best business, but I think it's just, it's a, com- it's a combination of, you know, the COVID effect and and just the fact that we needed to get some of these guys out, just they just couldn't be around anymore. So to that extent, I think it's it has to be seen as good business. Kibbs? Yeah, I've got to agree with Omari. Um, but one thing I would say, if if this is like um, Project Rebuild with Arteta and Edu, and they're kind of correcting some of the mistakes that we have seen, then are more willing to accept some of the you know bad business we've done and having to get rid of these players in that manner um what one thing i really am happy about is uh bodyguard it kind of looked like he was going to go to sociedad but i think arteta really edu and arteta a really key role in speaking to him and managing relationship with real to get him across um so yeah really happy about that uh, I think in the last pod I said I wasn't too sure about us. We shouldn't be like so gun happy and maybe have some of the all of these young players go out on loan because we never know what's going to happen this season. But I think now looking at our squads and kind of dimensions, I'd be more willing to let maybe one one or two go if 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 there's a possibility for, the, for those players to to go and for them to get game time. Yeah. I mean, I think there's rumours in the papers now about, uh, as uh, you mentioned, uh, Willock possibly to Newcastle, uh, Ainsley, Maitland Niles being rumoured to whether it be Southampton, West Brom or even Leicester. I I, I don't want him to go to Leicester. I think that would be us strengthening our rival, so that doesn't make sense to me. But um, And Reese Nelson maybe getting a loan away. Uh, I think those players, uh, they all need some game time. And it's a shame that Ainsley, for how for whatever reason, hasn't gone on to make himself more of a regular, given that we saw what a good job he did 
during the back end of last season as that emergency left back. Um, I just think sometimes with Ainsley, it just seems as if he gets into a rut and he has a bit of a balmy with a train with, with the manager, and then he's just out in the cold. So I think he needs. I think he needs the game time. I think he's he's keen to get back into the England squad. So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's he's struggling to get into that England squad. I don't think that. I don't think. I don't think there's any. I I don't think even if he goes somewhere and he plays that he's getting into an England squad for the for the Euros. There's just England have got a lot of talent at the moment in the fullback areas and wing areas. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think there's a chance at fullback if he plays fullback. But I, from what what I took from the loan um, is that maybe say if he went to a uh, West Brom, he, perhaps he'd play in midfield. And I think if that's the case, then yeah, absolutely. He's 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 not gonna. I don't think he'll have the impact mm. enough of an impact to to get in, into the. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely benefit from a run of games though because he it's, it's his focus that seems to go. It's it's like he's he almost just it just comes too easily and then suddenly he just can't. He just stops executing to the level yeah. that we know that he can't. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's more he needs to be allowed to have bad games but still continue on to yeah. play. Yeah, it's definitely that because he will have one bad game, and then yeah, you won't see him again for weeks. <laughs> If only that applied to your favourite guy, Atos. Uh, well, we... <laughs> don't get me started. Let's talk about Ainsley. <laughs> Let's talk about Ainsley. It's it's frustrating. I, I think we, we've gone over how much we like this guy um, in our pod and other Arsenal podcasts, how much we like him. It's just like you've hit the nail on the head there, Amari. I think he just lacks focus. It, it just There's times where he just needs to retain and hold on to the ball and he makes sloppy passes and then he... We get counted on, and he doesn't seem to learn from that quickly enough. He just seems to think, okay, he'll play himself into it rather than snapping himself and say, okay, right, not again. So I think he needs a run of games. Uh, I'd be happy if he went on loan. I just wouldn't be happy if he went to Leicester. Um, I think uh, Odegaard, going back to what Kibbs was saying, uh, it's a good buy. Remember at the top of the uh, you know at the top of the transfer window, we were talking about what position, oh sorry, who would come into that number ten position to challenge Smith Rowe or to help along Smith Rowe. And I think that's a good option. We were talking about people like Drexler before, and uh, I can't remember who else we were talking about, but there, there are a lot, uh, uh, what's his name? Isco. And that's all fallen away. And now we've gone for a 22 year old. Doesn't seem as if it's a big risk um, to go for, to, to have got him. And hopefully he can, he can push Smith Rowe and he can contribute. So I think all in all, uh, the window's been, the window's been a good one. Um, I just hope that Mustafi can finally leave. I know what Amari said, we're not happy about paying people to go, but he's he's the last of the Mohicans. He's the last of the Mohicans. He, he needs to go join his mates, uh, Socrates and Meza, and uh, enjoy playing football again, just not at Arsenal. Just have this idea of them being like a little gang in the, in the canteen, like sitting together and gossiping. Like, oh, do you reckon you'll get a game anytime soon? No, this guy doesn't like me, man. <laughs> Mustafi was definitely putting his hands up in the canteen and that. Yeah. Always putting his hands up, like, what's going on? What this, that, and that. Yeah. Yeah, that mate. That can't happen. That can't run. That can't run. Yeah, man. You know what? It's funny. I think I was thinking about this today. There was that game maybe in like 2016 when we played Chelsea at home and him and Kashani just locked down because uh, Diego Costa. 
everyone was banging on about Costafi. Oh yeah, it was... <laughs> oh my god. A long, a long, or people on AFTV being like, pay the fucking money and yeah. sign Mustafi, like oh, yeah. five million, like pay it. Oh my oh, god. god. Mustafi, remember that? Remember those times there when Mustafi and Koscielny were on that little run? Yeah. <laughs> we just weren't losing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Did he get injured and then just went? After he got injured, I think he just went completely wrong. I don't know. Well, in that season, the, the thing that changed was because Ola got injured and then we just went. Just yeah. Well, quick, quick one as well. Uh, what do we think about um, adding a left back to our rotor? Uh, it, it, it's good. It's a good call. It's a good call, uh, Kibbs, because uh, we've been rumored with first Brian Bertrand uh, from Southampton, and now Patrick Van Aalholt from uh, Crystal Palace. Um, I've always liked this guy. I, I, he's not special. He's not special, but I think he could do a job, especially just having that bit of experience um, at Sunderland. I think he was one of Sunderland's best players, if I remember correctly, and then obviously he came down to Palace. He's not he's not extravagant, um, but he's got a good shot on him. Um, I think he could do a job. We we need someone who's definitely left footed down there. I think we've been as as long as as well as Maitland Niles has done covering and Cedric is covering. I think we're Arsenal Football Club, right? Surely we should be able to have another left footed left back. So mm. I, I if the his contract's coming to an end, so if we can get him on. And a good deal, and not do a Cedric deal, like five-year contract on <laughs> five-year contract. Uh, hashtag Kier Kier Chiopran, Chiopran, whatever his name is. Oh, um, hashtag Kier. Um, yeah, then I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad deal, personally. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel. I, I just heard about it today. I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, yeah, we need a left footer there. I don't know whether there's anyone in our youth ranks that might be... I don't think there's anyone that's ready to kind of step up to be cover. So mm. if we have to go into the market, then so be it. But yeah, like you say, it needs to be short term. Yeah, Van Van Anholt. Anholt, sorry. Uh, I've just got this feeling in my head he would end up like Santos. Like, I, th- I think defensively, I, I, no, I don't know if he's susceptible. I don't know if, he, I don't know, no. I, I don't know if he's like susceptible to defensively. If we were to get like... A left back as cover, I would want them to be defensively secure first mm. and foremost. Because I know Van Anno, we can get up, up and down. He, he offers something going forwards, but defensively, I'm, I'm not sure about him. I need to look at, uh, into him a bit more. Yeah, he's, he's got Premier League experience. Uh, played in Premier League for quite a few years. He's been under Roy Hodgson, so he's Roy Hodgson is tactically quite, you know with it in terms of setting up his defence. Mm. So hopefully he's got a big, uh, a better grounding, right? Uh, I think it's a risk for us to go get someone from another league um, yeah, I agree. at this period of time. So maybe it might be a good thing. Obviously, if there's someone else out there, like Ryan Bertrand would, would, would probably make maybe more sense in a way because he's got that much more experience and, you know, defensive solidity. But I don't know. I, I just think, I, I, I just think we need someone at left back. Um, yeah, we can't be just managing these guys that, that we've got currently. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, we should probably dip our toes into the market there. But on the subject of defence, guys, um, someone who was rumoured to be leaving Arsenal 
at the beginning uh, of the season, in the summer transfer window, was Rob Holding. And somehow Arteta convinced him to stay. Uh, he's been our main stalwart in the defence. Uh, he signed a contract recently. Uh, I think that was just before the Southampton FA Cup game. And it's surprising that of all our defensive options, Rob Holding is actually the mainstay. I think you guys have got some, uh, you know, he just played his 100th game for Arsenal. I think that Southampton game. So has it been a bit of a surprise to you guys that he's been the mainstay of the defence uh, alongside Gabriel, who we thought was going to be our mainstay, Pablo Marie and David Luiz? Yeah, I think it's just more about he's he's through being fit, he's rediscovered some of the form that he had it, like under Emery. Um when we were looking good under Emery, he was he was a major part of that. Uh, I think he got injured in a in a game against United in the in the in twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Never really never really recovered his form after that until until now and yeah, it's good. It's good to see, and I think he's he's forming. He whoever's coming in is looking is looking settled settled next to him. I'm sure that there were a lot of fans that were looking to see Gabriel come back in straight away, um, but you know, I think Gabriel, as we as we we know, he's he's a he's a really good defender. I think one on one, he's he wins the mo- he wins the most duels. Of all of our defenders, one on one, I think he's really aggressive. He's on the front foot, but I think, as we said, we could see from last week in Southampton, he's 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 able. He's got he's got mistakes in him in a way that come from the way that he's like very aggressive on the front foot when he's defending. So I think, yeah, we look a lot more, I suppose, measured at the moment. And getting controlled, even 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 with David Luiz in the back there with with holding. That, Kibbs, before you answer, that that's the surprise, isn't it? David Luiz, right? Who, you know, a <laughs> much maligned figure at Arsenal. Um, he he's, he he's like bloody Lazarus. He keeps on resurrecting every time we think his uh, his career has gone to pot. Arsenal, he comes back, and he he's having a he's having a good run in the team. He's keeping out Gabriel. Yeah, so as you said, much reliant, but much relied upon uh, from Arteta. So I think I was looking at him at some point, just thinking, yeah, do you know what? He's someone he can just slip in when there's an injury. But the way he's looking at the moment, it's looking like he's formed quite a good understanding with Rob Holding. Um, Rob Holding seems to have the ability to really make up for Louise, like, static nature sometimes so he's, he's quite good covering Louise um, and and really the both of them defensively set pieces corners this tend to be quite like dominant um, especially like Rob Holding uh, I think he just I think he's one of the most like aerial duels interceptions across the, the whole of like the back four um, and especially against United's he was really like a big presence in defence. He was just like clearing everything. Any, anything that was coming our way, he was just getting rid of it. Any form of set piece or corner, he was rub holding. Yeah, you know when you watch a game, you're like, I swear this guy won every header. And I was yeah. feeling that about holding and he actually did win he <laughs> every went, one of his every duels he, I, in the air. Bang. I think it was ten, 10 combined in, yeah. in total. And um, yeah, he wasn't playing around. But 
the Pablo Mari Appreciation Club continues, guys. Because, <laughs> uh, everyone thinks we're stable now and, you know, we're looking good, the reason holding. But as much as Tosin's vendetta for Willian will continue forever, my love for Pablo Mari will, will forever continue because five games that him and Holding were playing together at the back, four wins and a draw. I think we conceded one goal during that run. All right, it wasn't the most challenging of teams, but I just think there's something really calming about Pablo Mari and when he's in our back line. And he, he, him and Holding in that game against Chelsea, they just forced everyone to step 10 yards further up the pitch. And that's just really helped us in terms of making the pitch a lot smaller. We're much closer to the opponent's goal. And that's continued now with Louise coming in. And I just think that confidence that we have as a, as a team. But yeah, I think... I think there's an opinion that Mari is really just there to, to, to fill in. But I think he, if he's fit, if he can stay fit, I think he could be a real option. Bloody giant, six foot four. Monster. Monster. He seems to have, yeah, lead, definitely leadership qualities. As you said, I, I think with him and Holden, we just looked much more calm and relaxed like on the ball as well. He's quite assured. And he seems to be really happy to play for the club. He seems ecstatic. He loves, <laughs> he loves playing for Arsenal. He loves it. It's, uh, it's so uh, funny. He's played nine games. And I actually think he's actually such a don. That brings me to that point, Amari. Uh, that brings me to that point about how um, it, it, when he does come back, what I'm going to think about him. Because I just, I don't know. I, I just feel I haven't seen enough games of him to be that confident of his... Of what he gives us. And that's not to say that um, it was a fluke, his partnership with Rob Holding. But I don't know. I just feel that he's a bit susceptible to pace. Um, I, I just feel no one's really, really got at him yet. And we've been lucky. We protected him from it. I hope he proves me wrong because we need, we need, uh, we need that sort of solidity from all of our defenders. But I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with those stats, as you mentioned, or whatever. It's just I, I'm just always a bit concerned about you know, how he's going to be against pace. That, that's like opportunity cost, right? Like if you're playing a double pivot, if you've got like party and Xhaka, and if you're really like pressing high from the front, I think you can afford to have a Pablo Mario and Rob Holding who are both susceptible to, to pace. I think as we've like kind of highlighted, the areas where we need them to be good in, they're, they're excellent and or they prove to be excellent in the games that we've seen. So... I feel like the the pace issue is obviously a big thing, but one of the things that, you know, that was something that, like, Kashani was always praised for, and one of the things that always used to have my heart in my mouth was seeing how quickly Kashani used to have to run to stop mm. the problems that were going on in our defence. Like, that last-ditch kind of defending is the kind of defending I hate to see, and what I think someone like Mari seems to be able to bring in the short, I have to, I have to caveat it now because, yeah, I'm getting a bit too gassed. <laughs> but in the short showing is that he just, he just tries to keep it calm, keep it simple. Listen, but, and as you said, if everything's happening in front of these two, mm. that, that's, that's a lot better. If it's happening directly, like players, they're facing players directly, then yeah, I, I, I'm a bit worried. I'm, I'm worried for holding as well. Yeah. Not, but yeah, just about not, that yeah. protection, it's about Jacquard and Parsi doing their jobs. It's about everyone on the team doing their jobs for us to have like an effective system in place. I think all of our defenders have their faults. All right. 
So to round this section up, boys, before we go to a break, let's get uh, you uh, you happy with the window or not happy with the window, and then your your two Arsenal uh, central defenders going forward. Uh, Omari, I think we already know who your partnership's going to be, but nonetheless, we'll ask it just so that all our listeners can hear the confirmation. Um, uh, Kibbs, yeah. you start us off. Happy with the window, not happy with the window. Yeah, happy with the window. Um, I think you'd be quite surprised on the base of what I said, I think it's on the count of the long term, I think it's got to be uh Gabriel and Holding. Um okay. e- even in the short term I'd like to see them two play together a bit more and establish a good relationship. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think Gabriel will come back in. I just I just I don't know when it will be, just off the off the run that we have at the moment. He just didn't look ready yet to come back in. But yeah, we will see. I, I I'm gonna follow Kibbs in ho- holding in Gabriel right as mm. your centre two. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for them uh, as who I'd be more confident with. And on the whole, yeah, I'd say it's been a it's been a good window. We for the most part we've got out the players we the, the definitive players we wanted out. We've got them out. Just one more guy waiting. Hopefully he's at uh, he's hopefully at the departure lounge, just waiting to board a plane. AKA hashtag go Mustafi. And uh and yeah, that's my partnership. Uh Omari, who's your partnership? Firstly, uh are you happy with the window or not happy with the window? Yeah, I think I think it'll be a it, I'll be much happier with the window if um young Nelson can get himself alone and just get to play some football because I I feel bad for him at the moment. Um and yeah, I think Odegaard is going to be, um, hopefully, going to be a decent player. We haven't really spoken about him much, but maybe we can review him more as we get to see him play more. But yeah, he does look to have some qualities. And, and uh, that defensive partnership for, for the record? Just for the record, I, yeah. Just get Pablo Mari fit and bring him in next to Holden. And let's see how we do. All right, good stuff. All right, boys, thanks for that. Uh, so that uh, that's the big debate over uh, in part three. We'll be back and we'll be previewing the Wolves and Aston Villa game. Uh, predictions, top five, and that game everyone's talking about, high five and throw a pie. It's going to be difficult for Toast to throw a pie at someone this week, actually, but we'll see. All right, we'll be back right after this. Thank you for listening to the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Temperamental Gooners and on Twitter at TP Gooner. You can also contact us via the email address tpgooner at yahoo.com. Welcome back to the final part of the Temperamental Goodness podcast here with Amari and Kibbs. So we're going to preview the two uh, the two games in the Midlands this week. So firstly is Wolves away. Um, Wolves beat us 2-1 uh, uh, at the Emirates this season. We won there 2-0 two, two last season. Um, I think it's going to be a tough match. But the thing is, the good thing in this for us here is that Wolves have actually been in poor form. Uh, since they last played us, uh, they've been really missing Jimenez. They've been really struggling for goals. And they, they've been looking at really a bit susceptible to 
a bit susceptible in the back. So it may not actually be as bad as I think uh, for this game. But uh, obviously, they've still got the threats of Traore um, and what's his name, Ruben Neves. And Moutinho, I don't know. This guy is like how old? Is he like 45 and he's still got legs in midfield? Obviously, he's not 45. He's 34 or something. But still, the point is, he runs the show. And obviously, their stri- their, their, their wing is, uh, is it Neto? And there's another Podence. young guy. That, yeah, and Podence. Yeah, yeah. So they're actually quite dangerous, as we found out at the Emirates. So it won't be an easy one. But I think we this is the best time for us to play Wolves, basically, I think. Last season, when we went away to Molyneux and we won, I was very surprised. And the season before that, we got absolutely knocked out, uh, knocked to bits in Emery's um, first season or whatnot. I-, I think we can go to Molyneux and, and get a result. What do you think, Amari? Yeah, I feel like um, we should be going there confident to, to try and kick on and get the victory, I think. I think as long as, you know, Lacazette has recovered from whatever happened in the last uh, couple of minutes of the United game and he's fit to play and uh, hopefully, you know, we have Saka back in. Um, But yeah, I feel like at the moment, as you say, it's a good time to be facing that Wolves team. I think Um, they're still a good outfit, but I think if we're on our game, should should be should be an Arsenal win. They're low on confidence, aren't they, Kib? So we need to take we need to take advantage of that. They've been struggling for goals. They're conceding goals. Um, yeah, we need to take advantage of that. Yeah, onto that. I don't think they've won in eight in the Premier League. So really, this is a game. You know how United fans probably thought that this is a game that they should have beat us, considering us having three players out. I feel this is definitely a game we need to take advantage of Wolves in their poor form because they're looking blunted up top. And you're right, they're conceding at the back. And I think that's something Nunes actually came out and said. It's issues on both ends of the pitch. For me, primarily, it's it's always the midfield. If we can dominate the midfield, then I think that will set us up well just to really, really drive fear into their defence and just arrive to the occasion and just get the win i i, I can't in, in, interesting question here boys what do you think do you think arteta should rotate it because arguably we've got a more dangerous game against villa which will obviously come to but do you see arteta mixing up the squad a bit here like granite jack has played how many games in a row he's obviously been playing quite well do we take him out bring in my my boy Mo Moenani in or not? That's an example. I can see Kibbs is not happy with that. But all I'm trying to say is, boys, do we rotate the squad? Because um, we, you know, again, it's a Tuesday Saturday game, and Saturday the games at twelve thirty. Let's focus. So, what do, does he rotate it or not? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think we're in a position that we can. We can do that. To be honest, I was thinking about that literally as you as you asked the question. I was just thinking about it, but I, I don't think we can really because of the the drastic change in quality when we change certain aspects of the team. I'm just not convinced it's the right idea to be mixing it up. Because if we if we slip up against Wolves, then that puts a lot of pressure on that Saturday game. And I just think we need to try and keep building. Keep building. And um yeah, we have we have a week from the Villa game to our next game, 
the following weekend. So yeah, there's our opportunity to rest. Yeah, rotation for me is maybe some of the players who are missing coming back in <laughs> yeah. into the team. That's rotation. And the, the players that did play, maybe they can come in later down the line um, in some of those other games. But or, or maybe you know we make the decision to substitute some of the players who've played the last five or four games. But I, I, I think we need to play as strong as a strong as a team as we can because. We're playing against a team that, although they've been in poor form, they're not too far away from us mm. in in the in the league. This is something we need to take advantage of. How, how do you feel about at left back, boys? Because obviously uh, Cedric has been covering that. We've talked about him uh, in this pod and the previous pod, but he's going to be coming up against uh, Traore, and that's never a good thing. Like you were mentioning, how Solskjaer was telling. Rashford to target uh, Cedric. Triore with his pace and strength targeting uh, Cedric. Is that even more of a scarier, uh, a scarier scenario? I think I just want to say that like, Triore hasn't looked like that kind of player. I think there's we have this idea, you know, Triore on 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 the right causing havoc, but I don't I don't know even if he's if he's been starting, how consistent he's been. This year, his goals and assist numbers have been. Yeah, he, ha- he hasn't. He hasn't been. But I just, I just go back to. Sorry to interrupt. He hasn't been. But I just go back to that game at the at the Emirates where, you know, he shrugged off three players, bombed down the right wing, turned Tierney inside out, and it's from his cross that caused the chaos in which I think it was Pedro Neto scored, or was it? Uh, yeah, Neto scored Wolves' first goal. He's still got that ability to create a bit of chaos even though his final ball is still not consistent. So I'm just that much more afraid that Cedric's going to be coming, you know, in direct competition with him. I think I think we should we should give Cedric a little bit more credit at the moment because I think he's been he's been doing well. Um he's experienced as well. It's not it's not something that he's he's not come up against before. So yeah, I I, I would love to see Tierney back in. But I think we can maybe, you know, if he's not quite ready, I don't want him rushed. Final thoughts, Kibbs, and then we go to predictions on this one. Yeah, it'll be a difficult game. I think they they are threatening. Um, they can well, they can be threatening, as you said. It's just those moments. Traore doesn't necessarily have to have like an excellent game to be effective. Um, but like Amaria, I wouldn't necessarily look at Cedric and think, oh, this is especially bad considering, you know, he's been up against Rashford's, he's been up against the Southampton boys. I think he can handle it. And it's just about us covering the full-back position as well. Um, I think that's something we have done. So that's why it's essential for us to start Shaka. Because I think physically, that's he could, he could deal with Chore as long as it's in like tight space, if we can condense the space. And maybe just try and pick off these players. And yeah, I think it'll be fine. But yeah. Kibbs, you're scaring me, man. Granite Xhaka, uh, Trari, that's yellow card asking but, for it in my head. 100%, 100% but just doubling up and, yeah. and, and minimising the space. Yeah, but that's what, understood. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've been doing. And that's what was actually quite impressive in the United game is that we, we just looked like a team. The, like, we were all close together covering each other's spaces, 
doing well. Didn't Cedric didn't look anywhere near as exposed as he could have been. And if we keep that going, no worries. Uh, let's go to the predictions. I'm coming to you first this week, Kibbs, because last week I got into trouble. So, Kibbs, you go first. What are you predicting? Uh, Arsenal versus Wolves versus Arsenal. Blood clot, like I said, man. 2 0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'm going to go for 2 0. 2 0. Going to be optimistic. All right. Okay. Amari, what are you going for? I was going 2 0, but I will now go 3 1. <laughs> wow. 3 1. 3-1 win. I boys, I'm going to go traditional. I'm going to go for a 1-0 to the Arsenal. Um, I think, I think, despite Wolves being in, in in a tough spot, they'll make it difficult for us. But we'll we'll get one goal, and um, hopefully we can just shut up shop. So I'm going for a 1-0 there. Um, let's turn our attention to the Villa game now. Villa, I think they've got two games in hand. And they've been a revelation this season. Uh, I think Aston Villa have need to be credited with having the best transfer window of the summer. And, you know, Jack Grealish is playing out of his skin. We, we were mentioning that uh, before we, the pod started that the only real change to their defence, apart from getting Emmy in, Martinez, is that Matt Cash. Or if that's his first name, actually, I can't remember. But they just seem to be playing so much better now, Omari uh, Villa. Um and Ollie Watkins is scoring. Ross Barkley is having a bit of a renaissance. Um, that that there is a Diego, not Diego Costa, something Costa in the central midfield. Doug, he's Costa, yeah. Douglas Costa. He Douglas plays Lee. very very Douglas well. Douglas Luiz. Oh, is it Douglas Luiz? Douglas Luiz. That's it. Yeah, Douglas Luiz, not Douglas Costa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he plays very well against this. So yeah, Villa away. That one's a very tough game. Yeah, they blew us away, man. And I haven't seen us. I haven't seen that happen to us really since Arteta came in. That was that was Emery, Zenga, no hope, everything's open. I just we're not in this game territory. That was a horrible, horrible watch. Um and it's gonna be a really tough game. Um because of it's the kind of game that Ollie Watkins will love. Lots of space. You know, if we play the way we did the first time we played them, there'll be so much space and they will cause havoc. And we, we struggled there away last season when they were relegation candidates. So um, it's going to be a tough game. But I, I just think at the moment we are building some momentum and momentum is a big deal in, in football. Um, and if, we're, if we've got serious expectations of getting back into that top six hunt, we, we, we need to win again. Yeah. We need to win again. Yeah. Kibbs, uh, it's a difficult, uh, difficult game. Before Aston Villa came back into the Premiership, you know, our record at Villa Park is, is actually quite strong. Um, we, we haven't lost there, apart from last season. Before last season, we hadn't lost there for quite a while, and generally against Aston Villa. But it seems as if they've managed to turn that around. We've got to worry about players... And I even forgot uh, Traore, the guy that they got in from Lyon, I think. Um, I forgot to add him into the mix. They're, they're looking at a very, very accomplished, accomplished side. And it just is that much more gutting that Emmy Martinez had an absolute blinding game against Southampton this weekend. Yeah, yeah. You kind of, that's, that's the thing, right? When you have players come back, you're going to want to prove a point. And with, 
Martinez, he's been excellent this season. So there, there is a worry, as you said, with Ollie Watkins. I can't, yeah, look at him. He's, 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 he's dynamite, man. Um, you, you may not score his first chance, but you give him three or four, then he, he will get a goal. And I, you have you can't have the feeling that it will be that type of game. Just looking at the United game, it was open at points. I, I imagine this game would be even more open, depending on how you know Dean Smith or Villa want to set up. So I'm really not sure about this. Uh, I'm really not sure about this. I I felt last time again it was midfield and maybe stopping Grealish carrying the ball from deep. If we can stop him from doing that then that will be like a, a, a big thing for us. But you also got looking like Barkley as well. So we really need to be on point here and we really need to work effectively. Uh, so I think we need we need Tierney back for that game. I would dare say we need Orba back as well. I'd like to see him back in the game come back. He can like manage big games and I think this is a big game for us. Um, yeah. We may yeah. be unlucky. We may be unlucky with though, but I think he's still uh, Corona Suarez, uh, Corona protocols with him coming out of the bubble because of his, because as we now know, his mum wasn't been well. So um, you know, uh, all we can say is all the best, uh, Oba. If you're ever listening to us, we hope she recovers well, and uh, we hope we see you in the team soon. Um, predictions, boys. Uh, Omari, let's go to you first uh, this time. What do you think it's going to be at Villa Park? This is a tough one to call. Um, I really want to say we'd win. I really want to say we'd win. I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm going for the two-one win, man. Did I feel two-one like for Wolves as well? You said no. Nah, yeah, no. You said three-one for Wolves. Yeah. Listen, I just think um, our midfield is so much more balanced. We're condensing the pitch. We're not leaving ourselves as exposed as we were when we first faced them and I think we're going to um, just be a lot sharper in the game and I think we just have to be and I think as well as Villa have been have been doing they are susceptible as we saw yesterday the amount of chances that Southampton had in that game and I just think we need to try and capitalise on that. All right, 2-1 win for Amari. Uh, Kibbs what are you going for? Gotta say I'm worried. I'm worried about this game. Um Yeah, it's a tough could, one. Uh could Kibbs predict a loss? Because Kibbs doesn't seem to me as if he's someone who ever wants to utter an Arsenal loss yeah, I'm uh, not as doing a prediction. It. I'm not yeah, I'm not doing it. Uh I like my twos, but I'm gonna go for one one. One one. Alright, one one. Uh okay. I, as always, boys, will be the voice of reason, the voice of of realism, predicting, unfortunately, that we may not come away with a win at Villa Park, unfortunately. I think we may lose 2-1. Sorry, boys. Obviously, as always, my caveat is I want you boys to get the points. Uh, I want Amari to get the points, actually, this week. <laughs> I want yeah. us to get the win. I just think it might be. I just think Villa in such good form, and I think that um, I think that we're going to get a proper taste, uh, tasting uh, a test against them. So uh, I would say a two a two one loss for me. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the top five boys. So uh, I'm I'm going to go first. 
So my top five last week was Kieran Tierney, Rob Holding, uh, Bakaya Saka, Lacazette, and Emil Smith Rowe. I don't think I've changed that for two pods, but I think I might have to change it um, this week. Or should I? It's tough. I really want to put Thomas Partey in there, even though he had a bit of a bad game against uh, against uh, Man U. I really want to put him in there. So, <clears throat> but it's really it'd be harsh to drop Rob Holding and Kieran Tierney. They've been so instrumental. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to replace Rob Holding. I'm going to put in Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey is in, and that's my only change to my top five. Uh, Kibbs, your top five was Tierney, Partey, Emil Smith-Rowe, Bakaya Saka, and Gabriel Martinelli. What are you going with? Yeah, it's regrettable, regrettable to be fair, not having Lacazette in there. Uh, yeah, it, it hurt to see if, if Lacazette's out <laughs> again. But yeah, I think I'm gonna have to um, gonna have to take out Martinelli. Unfortunately, Martinelli. And, yeah. and who comes in for him? It's, it's got to be Lacazette. Blood clot, Lacazette, man. Yep. Thomas Party still in. Bakayo, Kieran Tierney, Smith Rowe. They're still in your top five. Yep. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, Amari, your top five was holding party. Uh, KT3, Kieran Tierney. We hadn't said that this pod, so I had to take KT3. And Bakaya Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. So who's, uh, who, who's who's in and who's out of your top five? I'm staying the same, man. I think those are, those are five instrumental players at the moment. Stay the same. Okay. All right. We'll see if those guys, if there's any change uh, after the end of... Uh, uh, these week, this week's games and then to round off the pod as usual boys we go to that game that everyone's talking about high five and throw a pie it's Toza's prerogative that Toza's going to go last on this one so Amari who are you high fiving this week I'm going to high five Lacazette I don't know whether I high fived him last week I can't remember but he's he's just he's just stepped up a lot at the moment he's Rob Holding a... Rob Holding was your high five last week Okay, good. Yeah, so Lacazette, because his link-up play is just, it's just looking so tidy. He's bringing an extra dimension to our game, uh, adding some dynamic pressing as well, which is not something we'd seen. We haven't seen him be that mobile for a while. Ah, pie. Who are you going to pie? It's tough this week. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Uh, four, point, four points, so we can't really complain. Yeah. Uh, all all, it, but yeah, someone's got to get pied. Yeah, and when it's tough, it just goes to one person, doesn't it? Like, William, like, why can't you just shoot first time? Like, <laughs> like brother, just, just shoot. Or take a touch, and, like, an actual touch out of your feet and shoot. Well, William, William gets a pie from Amari. Okay, Kibbs, over to you. Who are you high-fiving this week? Uh, Cedric, because Cedric, I think I was pretty critical of Cedric uh, in that FA cup tie and I was questioning I was just wondering whether he would be able to adequately fill in at left back um, I think yeah given that he's going to need to play and given that he had quite a good game and he offered he was, he was quite good going forwards I think yeah it has to be him this week okay okay and who are you going to play as you could probably tell, I'm quite reactive. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I know this won't be a popular choice, but it's got to be uh, Thomas Partey. Wow. 
That's it, it would have been brilliant. It would have been brilliant if not. But Thomas Partey, yeah, I'm really glad to see him get the full 90 minutes. I understand that he's, you know, could can be quite rusty at the moment, trying to like get back into the games. But against United, he gave the ball away a number of times in the middle of the park, which could have, could have and should have led to a goal. So, yeah, this week is part eight, but I doubt he's going to be in my list again. So, yeah. All right, Thomas Partey. Well, boys, uh, my high five is actually going to be Nicolas Pepe. I think, you know, obviously for the last couple of weeks, we've been willing a performance from this guy. And he fi- I, I don't want to say he finally delivered as if, yeah, he's arrived. But he showed us something at Southampton. You know, he went to sleep on Southampton's first goal, recovered, scored, looked dangerous in that game, looked busy. The, uh, the United game, he had a couple of drives, good step overs, <clears throat> and looked dangerous, had two chances as well. It seems as if, you know, he's, he's going in the right direction. And to be fair, he has been from even the Southampton FA Cup game, Southampton League game, Man U game. Just a shame he didn't score with a couple of chances there. So, Nicolas Pepe, I'm high-fiving. Uh, and Pai, uh, it's difficult this week because we got four points. Um, it really is. And I've been struggling to myself, who am I actually going to pie? At one point, uh, my cousin, you know who you are, uh, messaged me and said, uh, the boy, William was almost going to make me eat that pie. But he didn't. And therefore, William gets another pie. Purely because no impact. No impact whatsoever. I don't think. No impact in all. Kibbs is looking at me as if to say, oh, come on, he made a couple of pre-assists. He has no impact, the guy. So he's getting another pipe from me. And yes, it's a vendetta. He He's guilty until proven innocent in my eyes. So, Nick, so Willian, if you're listening to this pod, prove your innocence to me. All right? Prove it. Prove it. He's getting a pipe. Mate, he's been so abject and terrible that just seeing that from him... I'm like, whoa. It's an, it's an improvement, it's isn't it? It's such a big improvement. So, he put in actually, a cross. He put, he in, put a cross. in a cross. <laughs> that went to someone. I mad. just can't give it to him this week. I can't. Actually, no. All right. All right. All right, boys. Well, that's the end of the pod. So hopefully this time next week when we're recording, we're reviewing uh, a happy trip to the West Midlands. Well, to the West Midlands. Uh, and uh, to the Midlands in general. And uh, yeah, hopefully we've got uh, we've got six points, uh, and we, we you know we've knocked Villa off their momentum and a bit of revenge against Wolves. So fingers crossed, boys. Uh, we'll see you here this time next week. Take it easy. See ya.